This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those cameras up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Fabulous. That's what we're talking about today. Fabulous. When you say fabulous, okay, fabulous is one of those adjectives. I think it's an adjective. It's an adjective. Yeah, yeah it's an adjective. Yeah. Okay. It's not an adverb. It's not a noun. It's not a. It's it's an adjective. Okay. Think about this. I do have an engineering degree, so it doesn't really help me here. Yeah, I know. Uh, and I have a I have a marketing and sales degree. <laughs> you should be and, telling me. And I drank beer at Penn State. So um, and some fabulous beer at Penn State. So, uh, In but when Pennsylvania? But, yes, Pennsylvania. Exactly. Uh, so when when you talk about fabulous in Pennsylvania in the sprint car world, there's only one Absolutely. thing that comes to mind: the fabulous Lincoln, Lincoln Speedway. Speedway. Oh my gosh! And so we're on the countdown, like to the icebreaker. <laughs> It's like a day away. You know, yeah, they like to well, start early. We're, we're 10 days away. Yeah, okay, yeah. Close. So, close. But, but yes. They compared, only have like two feet of snow on the ground right now. It's yeah, so it's, good. it's insane. Okay. <laughs> so, and then that doesn't even phase them up there. No, it doesn't. That's just a place. If there's snow in the infield, that means they don't have to get ice for their cooler. They just put the beer I mean, in the snow. I use that technique skiing. It works yeah, see too. that exactly. Yeah. See that? Yeah, it's it's posse. Uh, it's the posse. But, but Lincoln Speedway has been around forever. NASCAR ran there years ago. Yeah. Back in, in the 50s. Okay, in Abbottstown, Pennsylvania. It is a great racetrack. And Lincoln is, you know, we're all, and rightly so, what Steve O'Neill has done to Port Royal mm. has been phenomenal. Again, he won the Sprint Car Hall of Fame Promoter of the Year. Yep. What he has done at Port Royal is phenomenal, okay? And Williams Grove has the strong, historic background. Lincoln has been a rock forever yeah. in Pennsylvania. If you if you put Lincoln in any other part of the country, it would be the premier dirt yeah. track, period. Yeah. Not even close. I mean, maybe you, you, you couldn't drop it in Knoxville, Iowa, or maybe or Jackson, Houston. Right, or Rossburg, yeah. Ohio. But you put that virtually anywhere else yes. in the country, and that becomes the rock star trek by a mile. And, and now it's gone through some ownership changes over the a couple of years ago. And that's what we're going to do here on the program. And then he owns the, the team that Monteith drove for, Jerry Parrish. I chatted with Jerry in the infield uh, at Lincoln uh, two years ago in his rookie season as promoter. And uh, I just want to dial up and pick his brain yeah. how the promoting business is going, how the race car business is going. How everything's going, and he is a, he's he's got it bad for racing, and so uh, I am looking forward to it. Can't wait because I love the opportunity that we're going to have here to chat with Jerry Parrish. Uh, to yes, I have my tongue tied. Yes, the opportunity to chat with Jerry Parrish. Sage Fruit has been a longtime supporter of sprint car racing, sprint car fans, and us here at Wing Nation. What they pride themselves on most is providing shoppers with the highest quality, best-tasting apples, pears, and cherries available. Go to sagefruit.com and make sure you ask your local grocer for sage fruit. 
Circle B Diecast is the new diecast outlet from Plan B Sales. What started as Lionel and Chase Authentics Apparel Distributor has grown into the largest distributor of diecast and now includes Auto World Greenlight Collectibles, Brand Art, Sandbass Artwork, and University of Racing Lines. They have a huge inventory. The folks at Circle B Diecast love racing and support drivers like Kyle Larson, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Christopher Bell, and many others with sponsorships and partnerships. And on orders over $20, use promo code MRN for free shipping. Check them out, CircleBDiecast.com. Aggressive Hydraulics provides solutions for virtually every industry that uses hydraulic cylinders. For instance, agriculture, construction, defense, emergency services, energy, food processing, forestry, marine, mining, railway, and truck equipment. They design and manufacture mobile-style single-stage cylinders as well as multi-stage telescopic cylinders. And it's a no-one-size-fits-all approach with Aggressive Hydraulics. All cylinders made in the United States. Check out the video of their story at AggressiveHydraulics.com. All right, so when we think about fabulous and sprint car racing, we think about the Lincoln Speedway, the fabulous Lincoln Speedway. Guy that took over uh, with some partners there and uh, took the keys over the joint a couple years ago, Jerry Parrish is on the line. Hello, Jerry. Welcome into Wing Nation. Uh, good talking to you. Glad to, glad to be on your show. Well, it's great to catch up with you. So, Jerry, in 2019, you get together with Scott Gobrick and Mike Hefner, and you decide to purchase the fabulous Lincoln Speedway, which is a great racetrack. So, you go through the rookie year, and then your second year, <sighs> you go through the pandemic. You either are scared to death or bulletproof <laughs> going into year number three. Which is it? Uh, probably a little bit both. Both. <laughs> I mean. You know, you're scared because, you know, it's a big investment and, you know, the unknowns there, you know, you hate to you hate to fall behind. Now, luckily, we got a good bit of our, we got the first few races in before the pandemic hit, you know, with a good turnout. So we were fortunate, you know, to get those in. It gave us a little bit of a padding for the nine or ten races that we missed. <sighs> Aside from COVID, which I know is hard to say because it was most of last year, what was promoting what you thought it would be? What have been some of the, the maybe the surprises with it? Um, it's definitely a lot more work than anybody would ever think. I mm-hmm. thought, you know, you're there a day before the races, getting organized, and it just happens. And it's just so much more than that. I mean, it, it's a super time-consuming job. There's so much that goes into it, you know, from the concessions to – you know, keeping the racers happy to, you know, trying to get the advertisement. You know, we installed the Jumbotron, which was a, a huge hit. I mean, there was a lot of skepticism from a lot of people, but then once it was in, you know, it just enhances the racing experience. And, um, you know, and along with that goes a bunch of, you know, extra paperwork and, you know, and billing and, you know, just making sure that everybody's spending money there is happy with what you're doing so they return. It doesn't really help you, you know, to get them – Yeah, it is. It's a building process. That is for sure. And and you keep going. And and Jerry, when we look at this thing, you've been around the sport for thirty years. You're talking jumbotrons and 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 uh, pay per view races. This sport is evolving so quickly. It's got to be a challenge just to keep your arms around what's the next best thing or the next big thing. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, the pay per view is always a challenge because you know you're weighing. You know, are we better off to try and do something different? Are we losing more fans? You know, but there's always another side to that, too. It, you know, it brings awareness to people that were even out there. Yes, you may lose a few people in the stands, but 
hopefully somebody tunes in that has never seen it before and all of a sudden becomes a fan and comes, you know, and when we took over Lincoln Speedway, you know, there were a lot of things that needed, you know, upgrade a little bit, you know, as far as like, you know, we put in all new fence. We just completed the fence project um, a week or so ago, uh, you know, and, and we're going to do something, you know, with um, some new grandstands and stuff like that, just to, just to modernize it a little bit. And, you know, so it makes the experience a little better. We added, a bunch of different events too. We've done tractor pulls, um, monster truck shows. Um, we had a lantern fest there this year that had a ton of people there. I mean, just and then bringing those people around to your track gets them curious about what actually happens there on a weekly basis. Well, then we have the jumbotron where they can actually see it while they're there, and we actually show that stuff while this is a whole different group of people. So you know, it's more about keeping up with the times, you know, to be successful. You mentioned also keeping the racers happy, and we all know that that's not an easy task. But having been, or you are a racer, have been for 30 years, how different is it on the promoting side? Like, what what are you now seeing that maybe as a racer you didn't you didn't notice or you didn't maybe appreciate? Well, I mean, I think it helps. I mean, I, I think it helps that I am actually been on both sides of the fence now. You know, you know, I've owned a sprint car for a very long period of time. I'm aware of what it costs. I'm aware of the shortfalls of you know, let's face it, there's very few people that are ever going to make any money doing this, um, you know, and, and I understand that. And we had a meeting with all the competitors, um, you know, when we took over, just let them know, hey, this is going to be a little bit different because the three of us own race cars, Scott, you know, Mike and myself, we all own race cars. So we are familiar with, you know, what their concerns would be. Um, it's amazing when you open up a forum to the competitors, some of the stuff that really comes from them that you're like, you know, I can't believe you really, you know, even, even said that, you know what I mean? Knowing mm-hmm. that we know, we, we know all, all angles of it. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, I thought it would be a good idea. And, you know, after we did it, I'm still happy we did it, but would I do it again? Probably not. You know what I mean? You know, we know what, we know what's best for the sport, but some of the stuff, you know, let's face it, if they had their way, you know, you, you would pay 50,000 every night and, and I'm on both sides of the fence. So I get that, you know what I mean? But, you know, there's a realistic, um, there's a realistic, you know, side to that that you know has to kind of meet a happy medium where, you know, it's still a business, you know, on the other side too. Jerry, I love the way you did this when it came time to purchase the Speedway. First off, you purchased a track that was in good shape. Yes, there's always fences that need to be, and there's always things that need to be done. But you didn't, you, you, you weren't doing major renovation. You were keeping it up with the times and doing that. But you also, and you mentioned Scott and Mike, Scott Gobrek and Mike Hefner. How important was that for you to have partners that had been in the promotional game uh, for a few years with their various respective tracks? Yeah, I mean, you know, we all understand that the safety factor is the most important thing when it comes to the actual racetrack itself, you know, for the fans and the competitors. And, you know, they understood that, hey, you know, we're going to be dumping a lot of money back into the track just to make it how we feel it should be. Not that it was deficient in any way. You know, it, it was, it was a, you know, a really nice facility. Um, but there were just some certain things, and it just helps to have, you know, that you have people behind you that, you know, un- understand, hey, this is what, this is what we're going to do to make this an even better facility. And, you know, we want to, I mean, our goal is to be looked at, it, you know, we're one of the top five facilities in the nation, and, and our racing is great every week. You know, a smaller track really promotes, um, you know, a racier environment, you know what I mean, than, you know, a large track, if it gets stretched out sometimes, 
you know, it's it's not quite as exciting. When Lincoln, you know, with the size of the track, it's not over till it's over. I said uh, in our opening to this, I said that Lincoln Speedway is is one of the premier tracks, and it's it's weird because you're in central Pennsylvania mm-hmm. where there's other really well-run tracks as well. If you put Lincoln anywhere else in the country, you know, you, you'd by head and shoulders you'd be the top in it. And uh, and 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 Aaron, that's just uh, it, it. It just is the you never see a bad show at Lincoln. Absolutely not. And I think uh, for me, from a driver's perspective from years ago, even as a fan now, it's something different in PA too. You know, you've got Port Royal, a lot of big tracks. So I always loved watching Lincoln, a little smaller, a little bit racier. I feel like you have your own little niche right there. Yeah, and I think what happens is it enables the person that, you know, doesn't have three $60,000 motors in his trailer to compete and and to win. You know what I mean? You know, on any given night, you know, if all the stars line up, there's not one single competitor there that doesn't have a chance. You know, it's just that that's the unique thing about that. Yeah, really is. It is great. I want to go back a long way with you, Jerry. Okay. I was just, I, I punched your name into Google. Okay. And I ran into a 1994 story from the Baltimore Sun, I believe it was. And am I right that you were not a race fan but an employee of yours talked you into going to the track one night. How did that all? How did that all happen? Yeah, I mean, I actually owned a car dealership and body shop service department. That, that by the way, the crow flies might have been two miles from the speedway. We were there on some Saturday, just by chance. We weren't open on Saturday. But we, were there, we were there doing something. I'm like, what the heck is all that noise? And he goes, you have no idea what that is. And I literally live 20 miles from the track for the last 20 years, and I didn't even know Lincoln Speedway existed. So he goes, well, get in the car. We'll go. I'll show you what it's about. And this gentleman was Steve Owings. He actually still runs at our yeah. track, and he was an employee of mine. And, um, you know, he showed me, and, and I'm like, wow, that is awesome. So we wanted to get into racing. At that point, he was racing, like, uh, mini sprints and six, and um, and micro sprints. And, of course, the GoBrex were racing. And we all got into that. And we went racing for years in the micro sprints. And then I moved up to the 600s. And then at one point, um, I said, you know what, I'd like to try the 410s. We were successful in all the others. I'm like, I'd like to try the 410s, you know, and I was getting older. I'm like, well, I need to do it before I get too old. And I got into it, and I'm like, you know what, this is really neat. But quite honestly, if, if you didn't have a chance to win every night, you know, and you were going to spend the kind of money we were spending, it would, it would break it would break you. You know what I mean? It just would. Yeah. So that's when we went out and hired Brian Monteith to drive, um, you know, and the rest is history. And you had Brian Monteith with you for 17 years. I think that is amazing. And, and any racing in this day and age, to have a driver-owner combination for that long, uh, a lot of success with Brian. But but talk about, I, I was curious about that relationship. Like, how did, how were you able to maintain that and have so much success for such a long period of time? You don't see that very often. No, I mean, I think it's just because there was no pressure there. Um, <clears throat> he's a pretty laid-back guy, um, you know, and, and I am too, and you know, when we got into it, I knew I knew what was involved in it. And I'm like, you know what, as long as this is fun, we'll continue to do it. I said, you know, he's doing it for the right reasons. You know, of course, he, he in the beginning, he would do it for nothing. He, he just loved racing and nobody else gave him a chance. You know, so when we got together, I'm like, I would go to the races and watch. And, and he was a guy that could really pass cars. And <laughs> my thoughts were that, you know, he could start dead last and he could win. And I'm like, you, you have to have somebody that's capable of passing uh, the best of the best if you want to win. You know what I mean? It wasn't like we had to start on the front row to have a chance. 
we had a chance, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there was no pressure there. So at the end of the night, if we crashed or we blew up or whatever happened, it, it didn't matter. You know, the demeanor of my guys was still the same. We were all in for the same reason. And, you know, there was never any pressure there. And I think that was the big thing. Now, as he started to produce, at that point, obviously, he needed to become a paid driver because people would come and try and, you know, take him from you. Not that I don't think he would have ever left us regardless anyway because of the chemistry between he and I and our team. So 17 years, 83 wins, eight Lincoln Speedway championships, two dirt classics, one Tuscarora 50. Um, I, I don't like delving into another man's business, and that's really not it. But did it just, like, the end of last year, was it just was it, was it it just the end of the run, Jerry? I mean, honestly, it's, it's hard to put an exact, you yeah. know, definition yeah. on what happened. Yeah. It was more about some personal stuff, you know, okay. inside of, you know, inside of our personal lives, you know, I mean, he and I are still great friends. I mean, you know, when it came down to that, you know, it, you know, I got some texts from him that, you know, it, you know, we're, we're family, even though we're not, you know what I'm saying? And, and believe me, I still think the world of him. And if he called me up and say, hey, I'd really like to run this race or this race, I'd be more glad to, you know, field another car for him. You know, I, I, we're, we're, we're friends before we were racers and car owners. Nice, nice. I, I, I like that. I like that. Uh, Matt Campbell, your new driver, tell us. Uh, I actually met Matt at a Dirt Classic a couple years ago when he won the pole or won a heat race or something. Uh, tell me about your new racer up there, though. Um, you know, when when I got Brian to drive for me, uh, really there was probably nobody who put him in his car. They had him as a reputation of, you know, he would wreck a lot, which really wasn't that true. Um, but I saw the talent there. And, and Matt Campbell – um, you know, he shows those same characteristics. Um, Matt's dad and I were pretty close, and his dad passed away. Um, you know, it's probably going on a couple years now. And um, I was close with his dad and with Matt. And, you know, Matt's a racer that really just needs a chance. You know what I mean? He didn't get enough time in the 410s with his dad before the, you know, untimely passing. And, um, you know, he, he's a he's a polite person. He's very likable. Um, his talent is, is definitely there. Um, I've always said you can slow the ones that are a little wild down, but you can't speed the other ones up. And that's how I look at it is that you can tame a wild horse, you know, if you, if you spend some time with him. I mean, Brian was very one dimensional when he came to us, you know, but as time went on, you would see that he could use every inch of the racetrack, um, you know, and just with age that changes too. You know what I mean? You know, that, Hey, I'm not 25 anymore. I'm 45, and you know this might hurt. You know what I mean? It just comes down to that, where the younger <laughs> ones just seem to throw caution to the wind. And you know, I, and Matt, Matt's a good kid, and I I just feel that he just needs a chance in the right equipment. And um, you know, just I I think it's a good fit, and it gives me a chance to you know give back to you know his dad was a great guy, and you know, and I know he'll he would be tickled knowing that I gave his son the chance. No doubt. That's that's what I remember, Matt. That's right. I remember he had done something up at the track, and his father had just passed, and that's what I remember now. So that is just a really, really neat uh, neat deal, and so many people talk so well about his dad. Um, that just, that that's, that's I remember there was something about the young man. I just... Runs all together. That's for sure. So, um, so the um, so coming up next week, uh, we have the um, the uh, icebreaker. That's like that's like religion up there, isn't it, Jerry? <laughs> yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I've been at the icebreaker. It was snowing so hard you couldn't see the bleachers from the pit area, and there were so many people there. They were just standing everywhere. There was no seats anywhere, 
it's just incredible that you know you know people are are like dying to get out i mean you know when we actually reopened um you know decided to reopen during the COVID, yeah. you know, when we reopened, it, it was amazing how many people came out. It's just that they're looking for something to do. You know, pe- it's hard to keep people cooped up for that amount of time. And, you know, through the winter, just the anticipation of getting back to sprint car racing is a big thing for all of our fans. I mean, and, you know, it, you know, it's really important to the track also to get those shows in because, you know, if you get some of the first shows in, you know, you have a chance of drawing the fans from, any and all of the tracks, you know what I mean? And we get, we get racers come in from, you know, all over the country, you know, for those races. Yeah. Um, had a conversation at Screven with somebody and they said if Jerry Parrish had not opened Lincoln back up last year in the, in the mints, you did all the things you needed to do to get back open. They're not sure what Pennsylvania racing would have looked like. So uh, tip of the cap to you, you get a lot of credit up there within your industry. A lot of people, have said that. Jerry, I want to I want to kind of end this. I had the neatest experience with your crew. Uh, it was probably 5 or 6 years ago. I was bombing around and you were still you still had the 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 auto uh the auto store there and the auto the body shop there. And I saw the sprint car out front and I stopped in and your guys gave me the best fried chicken I think I've ever had. One of your crew members mom made it. You've got a great group of guys there. My god. Yeah, we, we really do. They're dedicated. I mean, they're not, they, they get paid, but they're not doing it for the money. You know, they're getting paid uh, pennies on the dollar what they're worth to my race team. And, you know, anybody that's come to the race team, you know, they make them feel at home. You know, they, they love the sport like I do. I mean, quite honestly, you know, if I look back and say, boy, if I just had back half of the money I spent in sprint car racing, <laughs> you know, I could buy, I could buy three or four vacation homes in Florida, but you know what? It, it, it that wouldn't make me happy. You know, what made me happy was I was doing something I really liked. Um, I didn't have any sons, you know, so I look at this race car as being like my son, you know what I mean? It's the, it's the guy thing that I did for myself. You know, that's, that's kind of how I looked at it when I started doing it. And I, and I really enjoyed it. And I made a lot of friends along the way and, you know, it, it actually helps everything that you do. No doubt. Mm-hmm. It really does. Well, we wish you the best on this season. We appreciate you taking some time out, and uh, good luck with the icebreaker. And can't wait. I think I've got the Dirt Classic on my schedule mm-hmm. this year, so can't wait to get back up there to the fabulous Lincoln Speedway. Thanks, Jerry. Yep, no problem. Thanks. Look forward to seeing you. You got it. Thank you, man. How about that? I'll tell you that. I love – we have, we have uh, as we've kicked this season off, uh, last week on the show we talked to Rico and passion <laughs> and giving back. Yep. And then to hear Jerry talk about with Matt Campbell – and giving him an opportunity. Yeah. You just, you, 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 the sprint car people are just a good grade of human being. Absolutely. And when he just said, I could probably take the money I did sprint yeah. car racing and have multiple homes in Florida, but I wouldn't change it. I, you know, he went on about this is the son he didn't have. The friendships, yeah. and the, the, the yeah. moments, the it's memories. It's given him more in life than uh, any vacation home could do. Man, and that's just, and that's the sprint car community. Yeah. That's wing nation. That's yep. wing community, wing family, wing whatever we want to call it, wing nation. I, I'm that's that's phenomenal stuff. So good deal. All right. So now traditionally this time of year, okay, Volusia is over. So traditionally this time of year, the world of outlaws just kind of sit idle. Not this year. They have the Dirty South Tour. Oh, my gosh. And so this weekend, Dixie Speedway in Woodstock, Georgia, 
and Talladega Short Track in East Toboga, Alabama. Did East you ever Boga. run? Did, I did. The Outlaws ran there the year that I raced. I ra- I went. Uh, David Gravel won his first World of Outlaw race there. In East Toboga. East Toboga. That's right. Um, and those races this weekend on Dirt Vision. The big one for the 360s, the Ronald Laney Memorial King of the 360s. Uh, Thursday through Saturday, oh. it's an open 360 race on Flow Race. Multiple devices again. Yeah, so we got Dirt Vision and Flow. That's for sure. All on this weekend. So yeah, it's going to be a multiple device weekend uh, because that's stealing Kate's iPad. That <laughs> stealing you steal your child's iPad to watch first car, car racing. Yeah, actually, she watches. She tunes in. She's well, big, Kate loves this. She's a big stuff. Rico fan now. She was David Gravel, but I got to tell you, David, she's kind of she's big on Rico fan. Really? Yeah. Well, there we go. Yep. All right. Um, well, there you have it. We'll have to get her on another show like she popped in last year. On yeah, she, that's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Um, yeah, um, it is. It's, it's, it's cool stuff. And uh, I want to remind you, our friends at ASCS, they kick off uh, February 26th and 27th, Canyon Speedway Park, Peoria, Arizona. Um, we talked about this a little last week. Uh, there's a vacancy at the top. Sam Hayfertip Jr. Mm-hmm. is going 410 racing. Um, title hunters, Roger Crockett, Scott Boguski, Blake Hawn, Jordan Mallett, Mac, they've got to be just licking their chops. Yeah. Uh, got rid of that dang Hefertite guy. <laughs> now they can go out and win some races. Uh, it's going to be a great year. 61 events. And uh, they're going to be, uh, it's been racing boys. And I love, you know, uh, Trailer's my buddy. Yeah. I mean, I love Scott and Kirk. Uh, but they've partnered up now. It's going to be on Flow Racing. So we'll have it right on those devices oh, as well. Oh, boy. Oh, it's going to be crazy. So. Man, I'll tell you what, we have got it good in sprint car racing, and we've got it good because of people like Jerry Parrish, and it was great hanging out with him. Wing Nation Apparel is available at www.wingnation.com. That's wingnation.com. You can follow us on our social media channels, Twitter, Facebook. We have a page and a group, and on YouTube, we have a page there as well. Coming up, oh, this one, this was great. One of our buddies, Shane Stewart, and Life After after a Fire Suit. Oh, great. We had the conversation with him, and uh, that is our TV program tonight, Rev TV in Canada, and uh, Saturday, Mav TV here stateside. And uh, as he uh, flips over the calendar on a new uh, new life for himself. It's going to be weird without him on the, on the track. It really is going It'll to be. be at the track. Boy, no. I'm telling you, what he's got going on there, though, yeah. that's uh, this micro world. I, I was not familiar with it until we've had Millbridge, Millbridge here in the yep. Carolinas, and then I watched a little bit of the Tulsa shootout. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a world that Shane's yeah. jumping in the middle of it. He's going to be and so good at that. it's exploding right now. And yeah. he's going to be so good at that. Oh, gosh. He is just, it's, it's great. So Shane joins us on our television program this week. Again, we want to thank Jerry Parrish next week, the countdown. They're down now. I think they're down now to less than two hands. Or they're, they're on two hands. They're, you can count it down on two hands now to the icebreaker. This starts in uh, October. Yes. And they start counting down. So uh, thanks to Jerry Paris for joining us from the fabulous Lincoln Speedway. He joined us, I believe, on the Sage Fruit Hotline, by the way, as well. So uh, thanks to our buddy Jerry, and thank everyone for joining us here on Wing Nation. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com.